T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show is every Chiefs rookie a lock for the Hall of Fame. One player who quietly had the game of their life on Sunday. And we've got ourselves a Sunflower Showdown rematch. Special guests include Chris in Overland Park at 1030. Nate Taylor at one. Now two guys holding out for a better number on a Marcus Kipp anytime touchdown. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Number 85, get that number 85 jersey, uh, and then go ahead and place an anytime touchdown bet on Marcus Kemp. Also, what can you get that for, like uh, 3,000 to 1 or like, 300, you don't, 3 you, to 1? You, uh, you don't want that to be realistic because that likely means Juju's not available. It likely means McColl's not available. It likely means Kadarius Tony's not available. Let's, so let's hope that that's not even next man up. in the in the cards. If you were wondering, though, for, for inquiring minds, uh, currently you cannot even bet on Marcus Kemp. Who's the lowest person? Michael Burden, Super Bowl touchdown, baby, 28 to 1. Okay, so better than that. So at least 30 to 1 for Kip if they'll put him on the board. Uh, for, I th- put I him think, on the board, you cowards. Yeah, really? Blake what are you Bell, afraid of? Blake Bell, plus 850. Fortson, 850. Ronald Jones, 12 to 1. Wait a minute. Jody Fortson's still at 850. Come on. I'm holding out for a better number there. Travis Kelsey is the uh, favorite to score at any time touchdown. I'm going to get my picture taken with Jody. You should. You know? Yeah, yeah you got to go all the way to Arizona <laughs> just to meet the guy. That opening night, the media night, that's your chance, Nick. That is You and Jody Forsen. I think he's actually going to dig me. Do you think he's ever heard you say no. Jody Forsen the way you say it? No. Also, he might be a little more accessible because if, if you've been before, there's like 10 players-ish that are actually at a podium, and then some of the Everyone's other ones are kind of wandering around. That might be your opportunity, Nick. I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Thanks big, for your support, big guys. Big moment. You're, you're welcome, man. It is. I know it is a big moment. I know you're being I, sarcastic. You want to be funny, but it is a big <laughs> I, moment. I, I am take it seriously. To, uh, I'm looking forward to Chris in Overland Park joining us coming up at 1030. Chris in Overland Park was at the Chiefs game. For the very first time. Yeah, Chris's first game. And I hear he had a great time. I hear he's going to be in Arizona, obviously, as well. Chris is well-traveled. So we'll talk Let's to have Chris. have a nice job. We'll talk to Chris. Who knows a little thing about NFL. Also, I think he's pretty good at baseball. Uh, he'll join us at 1030. And then Nate Taylor in the one o'clock hour. Uh, but Brett Veach, who was kind of on the podium on Sunday and he's kind of off to the right. He was behind Kelsey and all them. Like if you're watching the ceremony, of course, there's Andy Reid there with Jim Nance. Andy Reid's got his wife. Uh, you got Clark Hunt and his wife right there. You got Mark Donovan right in the back, the backdrop there. Uh, but over kind of tucked in the corner. He wasn't as visible. Was the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Veach. And think about how much he had to do with what occurred on Sunday night in that win. Brett Veach goes out, we all know, and trades Tyreek Hill first and foremost. Risky move, right? Bold move. Moving on from a guy that was going to be an offensive player of the year candidate. Ends up probably going to finish second behind Justin Jefferson. We'll see. And brings in Juju, brings in... MVS, and we'll get to their production a little bit later. But the Chiefs utilized their draft picks. They had the second most rookies playing in football games in the regular season, 154 in terms of combined games played. And they've used 10 rookies in both of their playoff games. And we know two of the seventh rounders started in the football game that led you to an AFC championship. Not to mention the first rounders, Trip McDuffie locked down Jamar Chase when he was up, matched up with him. George Karloftis gets a big sack. 
Yes, this is a Brett Veach appreciation segment to start the show today. That's exactly what I'm getting at. The way they assembled this roster, this is how, Cody, the stat you you bring up multiple times about cap hits and how much can a, a team win with a quarterback that takes up so much cap space. This is how you do it. You have seventh-round picks that are starting. You have both your first-round rookies on rookie deals that are making huge impacts in the football game. Ten rookies. I mean, 20%? 20% of your whole roster is dedicated to rookies? And I know you're mentioning, like, two seventh-rounders starting, but that that's, in a weird way, like, underselling just how many rookies are starting. Because two seventh-rounders are Jalen Watson and Isaiah Pacheco, but then Trent McDuffie also starts, and so does George Karloftis. But, you know, I know it's a rotational thing, but he's essentially a full-time player as well. You're like, they got, like, five full-time rookies getting regular snaps, and then these other guys just filling in? A lot of this is a big a big compliment to Brett Feach, but I think it's why this step back never happened. Like, for all the conversations that I thought were fair going into the year, this they're going to have to rebound because they're letting go of Tyreek Hill, they're taking these draft picks, and they're going to make themselves better in the long term. It's almost impossible. No team in the NFL uh, relied on rookies more than this team. There are teams who played rookies a little bit more. There are only two or three, by the way. From a total snaps percentage, there are two or three teams that played rookies more than the Chiefs. They're all losing teams, bad teams, teams that don't matter. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, even with all of those players. Now, it it helps that Patrick Mahomes had an MVP season. If he didn't have an MVP quality season, maybe the rookies aren't enough to get them over the hump. But because you have Andy Reid, because you have Patrick Mahomes, you can play football like this every once in a while. And the exciting part is that means you got at least three more years of this group before you have to pay anybody. What happens if you hit on one other rookie somewhere along the way? This kind of draft, this draft and the draft the year before, having those two hits in a row means you can make so many mistakes and it's not going to burn you because drafts are inconsistent. The odds of Brett Feach having a draft this good or as good as the one the year before are low, but it doesn't matter because he hit these so well, he's got all the runway in the world to protect himself. It's that, and we mentioned him, but the think about the, the scouting department. I know they don't get mentioned nearly sure. as much, but like their ability clearly to evaluate talent. Like you're in a great spot. Like it, this is a long. This is why you feel great about the long term future too. It's not just to, hey, your 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 general manager is pushing the right buttons and everything, but clearly there is a a rhyme and reason to how you have evaluated said players, whether it's Watson or Joshua, Williams, Joshua Williams. Yeah. And Sneed. Sneed, the, the, the scouting department clearly knows what they're looking for and what they want to see. And it's translating to the NFL and get look the coach It's a whole team effort. I get the coaches get credit for, for getting them ready to roll. We've seen that it's now paid off that the rookies played so much early on in the year in the corner and in, in the secondary, because guess what? Joshua Williams hadn't played a whole lot until Sunday, but he had played a lot earlier in the year. So that experience paid off in the AFC title game. But I, but I think the scouting department clearly long-term you're in a great spot because they're able to evaluate talent as much as it's, it's key to make the right trade, to to make sure you're not uh, giving a contract to a wrong individual, whatever it may be, as important as that is, they have something going in terms of how they're scouting and evaluate talent coming out of college. And that's what you should have the most faith in right now. As much as it is, hey, willing to, to be aggressive and bold and trade away a guy like Tyreek Hill to set yourself up better yeah. for the future and making sure, and look, there are, there are free agent acquisitions this past offseason. You know, I, I, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS. Yeah, MVS, maybe during the regular season, you're like, okay, he was what you thought, but we'll get to him a little bit later on in the show. Like, In, in a huge game... He, he steps up. I mean, and so right right now, every button they're pushing is working pretty damn good. They got some tough decisions this offseason, but to your point about flexibility that you've given yourself in the draft, let's say they, they got, what, 12 picks, I think it is, in this this upcoming draft in, uh, in, in May, something like that? Yeah. Or 10 picks, something like that. Four projected to be in the seventh round. Five. But yeah. But let's say, they, let's say only two. Which, of, by the way, I mean, can't even like joke yeah. about that, really, after this year. Let's say only two of them actually end up ever playing significant time in Kansas City. Which right now you're like, well, that's disappointing. That's, by the way, more of like how it usually yeah. goes. But it's three for the previous mm-hmm. draft or two drafts ago, and it's like five for this draft, right? So doesn't none of it matters if he's gonna if he hits at this rate, well then they're gonna be a dynasty. If like he hits at this if he keeps hits at, at this, at this rate, rate, he's gonna be the single greatest GM in NFL history. But it's this kind of success rate. But that's what put it all together. It's it's what stopped them from doing it. Sometimes it surprised me a little bit more 
that they don't get more people from their front office stolen. I know Ryan Poles left for the Chicago job last year, but I'm surprised more people don't come picking around their organization because it's it's easy to be like, and maybe this is the Mahomes thing too. The other guys who are working for the Chiefs are like, ah, they got Mahomes. It's easy to make them look good. Like, it's not easy. To be very clear, it's not easy to take 10 rookies in an AFC title game roster and win. That's not that's not supposed to be easy. Cincinnati had to have the number one overall pick and a top five pick in the NFL draft in order to get their two best players. They didn't they didn't get to pick those guys in the end of the first round. Like T. Higgins, one of the better players. He was taken at the very beginning of the second. But it's like these guys aren't from the fourth or fifth or sixth. Cincinnati's loaded with top end talent that was all taken near the top end of the draft. The Chiefs for several years now have found their best players. Anywhere from the second to seventh round, they're starting running back, a starting corner in the seventh this year. They're starting center and linebacker in the second round. Last year, they have consistently held. LeJarrius Sneed is a fourth round pick. He's one of their starting corners. They have done a better job than anyone in the league at consistently finding starting caliber players at parts of the draft that are day two or day three. And once you have the, the quarterback figured out, it, you know, you can focus in everywhere else. And that's exactly what they've been able to do. I'm do trying to remember, too, that, like, the rookies will get, You mentioned Brock Purdy's, like, uh, they're going to turn into a pumpkin. You ever yeah. worry about this with a bunch of rookies? Ten rookies in a Super Bowl, man. You said it was going to, like, you know, clock strikes midnight, right, is the Brock Purdy argument. Yeah, but you're you not. You ever worry clock not, strikes midnight with ten rookies no, on your roster? They're not. They're At the quarterback position, I do more because it's the quarterback. Versus yeah, corner. Yeah, like. Or. Yeah, I mean, I think running back or whatever running back. Who cares? That's never been the case. To answer your question, like, no, I'm not as concerned about that because one, they've played, they've all played a good chunk of time this year, but, all, but it's, so it's not the quarterback. Yeah, well, no, not really. I mean, Purdy played in seven games. I mean, yeah, all these other everybody we've lit, Checo's played in more than seven games. Joshua sure. Williams played in more. You know, we can go down the list. Uh, it's mainly it's the quarterback position. I mean, is is vital in in, in in trying to jump in as a four string quarterback. Uh, that would be more concerning about the the clock striking midnight, if you will, versus a a, a corner. By the way, it doesn't mean those guys haven't all made mistakes throughout the year too. We've talked about oh, that. Oh sure. Like, I think that's where it paid off again that they had guys like Joshua Williams having to play earlier in the year because let's not forget in Arizona the same building that they're about to go to again for the Super Bowl. Trent McDuffie got hurt and he didn't play for what was it six games or something like that after the fact that made it so Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams had to play more. That actually may have helped them in the AFC title game in a weird way that those guys were forced to play earlier on in the season and building it up. Like truly it sounds cliche, but like truly the process of getting, you know, get this thing in the best position possible by the time you actually need it and the postseason, and, and willing to, to kind of take your lumps, if you will, with some of the rookies. I mean, heck that was the whole point of the redemption to a certain extent with sky Moore. He came up in a, in a big game. They, they, he hasn't even mattered for them as a rookie this year, but he mattered in the game. He did. Guys stepped up. I mean, that's because Sky Moore hasn't mattered to them. Like, if anything, he's been a net loss, right, on the year. He wasn't really a factor in the wide receiver game. He missed a little bit of time. And in the punt return game, he was a, a negative asset. Yeah. But because he returned those kicks, like you said, he gets to show up in an AFC title game, having done it somewhere along the way, and have the single biggest return of the year. Well, when you have Andy Reid as your head coach and, and who continued to, to say, hey, I got basically, I've got confidence in you, even if we all know where everything was being said outside the organization. Well, I, I've got confidence in you. If you're, if you're a rookie like Sky Moore and, and you are sitting there and you have Andy Reid who uh, is going to go down as one of the four greatest, five greatest coaches of all time, potentially, especially if he gets another ring. Second best coach of all time, yeah. If, well, if he gets another ring, he's going he's gonna to be in that. Right now, he's, by the way, he just passed uh, Don Shula as the, the, the second highest win total in postseason history. Second most postseason wins, I should say, in NFL history. Uh, that's where Andy Reid sits right now before he has an opportunity to win another ring, which, of course, will take place in, in, in a couple Sundays. Um, but when you are a rookie and you have Andy Reid telling you he's still confident in you, uh, that that has to go a very, very long way. And Andy even yesterday talked just about reflecting a little bit. We all know Andy Reid going to go up against his former team. He spent 14 years in Philadelphia. He's already been 10 in Kansas City. Like, there's if, if things continue going forward, there's no reason to believe that he won't be able to get to, to 14 in, in, in Kansas City as well if he again, wants to. Again, I would to. never leave this job if I were Andy. Yeah, as long again, we've always talked about, like, with his longevity for him, it's, as long as he feels he can continue to do it, why on earth would you not? I think that the interesting part about him talking about it yesterday is the way he talked about the end where he said, you know, I think we both know that the time had gone up. We could all use a fresh start and it was going to be better for everybody. If we got a fresh start, I'm like, is that going to happen in Kansas city? 
Because 14 years is a long time, as the way he put it, right? That's a long time to spend with one organization. And then I thought, no way. Because there are some very key notable differences. One, as we had just mentioned, quarterback. Having Patrick Mahomes, would that make you want to run out the door gold? Would you ever be like, you know what? I'm kind of worn out. We could use a fresh start. What? He wants to go to some other organization and like make Derek Carr look good? I don't think so. And then the other part of it that I think is going to be the most interesting, like from this perspective, is Andy has never failed here. I think part of the reason that when you got to Philadelphia, you're like, hey, the ship has sailed is he was a general manager. He was doing both. They had had some losing seasons. And I do think that the shine had worn off to the point that it felt like it wasn't the same as it was in the beginning. His worst season in Kansas City is what? Nine wins? That's as bad as he's ever done? Feels like to me that if he got to 20 years, they wouldn't be like, wow, that was too long in one city. Andy Reid's finishing his career in Kansas City, right? He's never going to coach anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, that's been, I think that's been decided for years. I don't think that's even, the, the, the question is just like, how long is he going to stay, stay as a head coach? Yeah, of course, this is his final, you know, his final destination, if you will. So like that, that's not, uh, that's been solidified for probably six years. I guess the real some of this is coming down to the same thing. It's like, how long do we think Andy's going to be here? Because the way he's reflecting on Philadelphia and getting burnt out on it, it's like, what does it take to be burnt out by that's, an organization? And it doesn't seem like to me, anytime Andy talks about the job, I never get any sense that he's close to retiring. Maybe I'm way off. Maybe he's going to win a second Super Bowl and he's going to John Elway his way out of town. <laughs> I, I, I guess we'll I have to have so. that conversation I, after he wins it, but I don't think so. Uh, the, again, I'll go back. The only time that I think it comes up is if, if – so there's a health hindrance ever that impacts his ability to continue. That's it. Like, as long as that's not the problem, then I think I expect him to still be coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. What if Philly makes him an offer he can't refuse? That's, I'm dealing in realistic scenarios. How is Philly the only NFL team in the of, of all of them? The, the only NFL team would be like, uh, we can have different coaches and quarterbacks, and it's fine. We'll just go to the Super Bowl. That doesn't make sense. That Nobody does that plan. You're like, we don't care. It's like 15 years we've had three different quarterbacks and three different coaches, and they all go to the Super Bowl. You're like, that's it's a weird strategy. The Pittsburgh had a little stretch there. Yeah, but they, it was the same quarterback, though. It was at least always Ben Roethlisberger. It was two different coaches. It was Cowher and Tomlin, but they're doing it to a much heightened sense of that. They had Reed McNabb. They had Peterson and Foles, and now they have Sirianni if, and Hurts. What if it's just, like, good management? Well, I'm sure having a good GM has something to do with it. I think Howie Roseman has anything to do with it. Yes, but here's the thing, Nick. I don't feel like even if you're the world's greatest GM, it's all that easy to say, hey, we're going to make you have three different coaches and three different quarterback combinations to get to the Super Bowl. I think the key is probably he never just, like, settles in. Like, if his quarterback's not good enough, he's like, well, we, we can't live here forever with Nick Foles. This is not going to work. This Or Carson Wentz, right? This is untenable. We got to get somebody else in at quarterback, so we're going to keep taking shots and at it until by we the find way, a dude. It sounds like when you go back and, and kind of look at how they got to this point, it was the owner who came in and said, "Let's let's build around this Jalen Hurts guy for a year and see what we've got there." Because I don't think that I don't think the organization was committed to him. I know we're getting off track here, but that's how <laughs> no, blind a luck. A lot of this, no, but that's that goes back to the Andy thing. Part of the reason he'll stay here forever is that he doesn't have to do both jobs, Nick. It's easier for Sirianni and Andy Reid and those guys if Howie Roseman does the heavy lifting, right? Like, how many times has Andy Reid said this year, like, I leave that up to Brett or, you know, I want to compliment Brett for doing those things. He doesn't want to worry about that. He wants to very simply just sit around, hang out, think about cool plays to design on his <laughs> note cards, and then call an NFL football game. I don't think he wants to worry about trying to get Chris LeMond's through the waivers anymore because that used to be Andy's job. Think about caring about that when you have to like prepare. It's not even though, for important uh, NFL games. I don't think it's even about like caring about. It. It's also like it puts you in a, a different spot in terms of your relationship with the players. If if you're the coach, but you're also in charge of personnel movement, you know, if you're even even if you're having a say in it, but the difference of you actually act, acting as the general manager, I think it it can probably cause some issues with relationships with your own players, and so that hopefully is something that uh, obviously. Uh, in other situations across the NFL doesn't come up. That's not, that's not your problem in Kansas city. Yeah. Well, you're the person who's saying, I won't give you a raise, but then also have yeah. to coach them. There's a re like, this is the thing that I never, under and like, I know that this is again off track a little, but 
This is why someone has to tell Bill Belichick you can't be the GM anymore. Like you can't do that job anymore, man. So I was like, oh, no, there's you been said a someone. Factor. There's only one person that can tell him that. Well, Robert Kraft that's should it. probably that's, that tell him that is the only person in New England that can tell Bill Belichick. Dude, it'd be a lot easier to tell him that, seeing how he doesn't have a winning record in New England when the quarterback is not Tom Brady, and Tom Brady left and won a Super Bowl. I'd be like, look, man, you know what? You don't get to do both, and no more de facto GM. Put someone in charge. They're in charge of roster stuff so that you can worry about coaching, something you are obviously incredible at. And I feel like that's been a huge boost for Andy. That's like the whole second career revival thing. Uh, Chris at Overland Park is going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes or so. He knows a lot about football. He also is pretty good at playing the sport of baseball. So that's coming up in just a little bit. But there, there is someone that quietly I, I, don't, I don't think is getting maybe enough attention, understandably so, because Chris Jones was incredible. Patrick Mahomes was incredible on Sunday night. But out of nowhere, seemingly, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, comes up and, and by far had one of the best games of his NFL career, point blank, not just in Kansas City. Six catches, a buck 16, a touchdown. And, and of course, he was their number one option at times outside of Kelsey when Tony's out and Hardman's out and Juju's out. And it's Marcus Kemp, MVS, and Sky Moore as the wide receivers on the field. And he stepped up and he was able to get separation throughout the game. We, we mentioned uh, in the AFC title game a year ago, nobody could seemingly get separation, right? That was a huge problem. Yeah. Massive issue. MVS was able in crucial spots was able to do it. Now the touchdown he caught was an unbelievable play by Patrick Mahomes just to extend it. But still like he had to find a way to get open and he had his way against Eli Apple uh, throughout the contest. And that was a big moment for me. Like it, it shows that, you know, any talk about the contract that he's currently on, which remember is a three-year contract, but they could get out of it a lot earlier. I, like I think this him, year get out of it if they wanted to, I think seeing him step up, in that way. And also it's not like he had a bad season. He just didn't, he didn't end up. He was just fine. He was exactly what uh, he was in green Bay. We can put anything like to me to rest of the thought that they would get out of the deal after one year. I, I, I think that that seriously that game. And also I didn't think he had a bad year to begin with, but they paid for what he was that performance in the AFC title game. uh, I think that should end any, any talk for the fan base of, Oh, you know what? Maybe they should get out of this after one year. I think that would be crazy. I think I was really impressed with him. I'll tell you this. I don't think, the same thing. We had this conversation. It's funny. We brought him up. And I told you that if if at any point he did this kind of game, would it change my opinion? No. He is still who he is. I'm not going to go into next year and be like, what if he could turn into a 950-yard wide receiver and try to, like, take his career a place that it isn't? Because he is who he is, and that's he's fine. That's okay. It's not like having a rostered player who is and lives up to reasonable expectations is a bad thing. Yeah, but it show, he showed he can step up, though. When, in a playoff game, you know, that's that, what I care about. We hadn't seen that before. Well, we saw it once for Green Bay in a loss to the Bucks. I went back through his entire playoff log. He had a eight or a six-catch, 115-yard, one-touchdown game against there. And then his other three playoff games, he combined for 47 yards in the other three. So he is boomer bust. That is MVS in a nutshell. The key is, is that when they needed the boom, they could go to him a lot. And the thing we know about him, he can beat single high. He can beat single coverage all day long. And because Travis Kelsey is still on this roster, because that's what this comes down to, you can get as much single coverage as you want. But this was a massive and game for him. And zero his drops. contract in Kansas City. Zero, zero, drops. zero the drops in the game. That, I mean, that's that's what also allowed you to have that. That was, uh, it, uh, I think, a really promising performance. As you said, it's not as if suddenly you think MVS can be a 1,000-yard receiver next year. No. But I, he made some big-time plays in big-time spots. And, look, they might, depending on the health of a couple of these other wide receivers in, in two weeks in Arizona, they, they might need MVS to have another huge game if they have any chance to beat Philadelphia. If Juju's not available, McColl, Kadarius, that's all stuff that we'll find out more as the week goes on and probably have to wait till next week, really, to have a good feel on the injury status for some of those guys. Just a reminder, MVS could be cut for just four million bucks. Yeah, that's I would, all. It, I that's do all it. it would cost the team. I think that four would million dollars to cut him. It's eleven million dollars to keep him. You'd you'd save seven million dollars by letting him go, and then the following year you'd save twelve million dollars by letting him go. He's bought himself at least a year. That's what I'm saying. I think it'd be There's a no big doubt. mistake to, to move. Also, let's just Have be we honest. Have seen what wide receivers uh, are getting paid right now? Well, it's that this feels it, like a steal all of a sudden. Yeah, it's that uh, Cody and the fact that look who's under contract at wide. I mean, right next year it's Tony Sky Moore. And MVS. And then, yeah, if you want to include the futures contract guys, fine. Uh, the Justin Rosses and John Rosses of the world. But really, you're talking about uh, Sky Moore and MVS and Kadarius Tony, as of like right now.
Yeah, I mean, I think we know that so there will probably be something. The MVS will be on this team next year. I mean, for again, for the price, this is the benefit. It's like a, you'd kind of wish you'd gotten Juju to a long-term deal because the, the wide receiver numbers have gotten so big. $11 million might be what it costs you to get McCool Hardman this offseason. And MVS, at least in this setting, has proven as valuable as that, right? And he's had some more consistent career years, even if their upper end potential is the same. Our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Metro Ford. View our inventory online at kcmetroford.com. Up next, we get to our NFL insider. He's Chris in Overland Park. He also plays some pretty good baseball as well. Next. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload <laughs> of football tweets. <laughs> First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, joining Cody and Gold. Hey, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, let me tell you that. It's your 2022 VinFL Insider. Are his hands going to get any bigger? Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. As a uh, potential future Chiefs fan, we hate the Broncos. Chris at Overland Park, actually, it's not who's joining us currently. Uh, I hear he had a great time at Arrowhead for the first time ever. How was it? Well, first, I need to uh, I need to say two things before we start. Okay. Uh, I would like to uh, officially apologize to all of the people of Kansas City. Oh. Because I made a grave mistake on Sunday evening, Saturday, Sunday evening. I tweeted out and said, Red Kingdom instead of Chiefs Kingdom. <laughs> and I need to formally, publicly apologize for the grievance that I have, you know, for the transgressions that I have done. Um, so I, I officially apologize to all of the people of Kansas City, to the Chiefs players, to everybody there. I'm so sorry that I referred to you as Red Kingdom instead of <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom. I will never, ever do that again. I think you're good anyway because everybody's in a great mood because the Chiefs won. You know, that was the time. Time if you for were to, forgiveness. Yeah, if you were ever to make a mistake, that game and this weekend was it because everybody's in an A-plus mood right now ready for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And the second thing I need to say is thank you to both Cody, Alex, uh, Nick slash 610 Sports Show, Steven Spector, and Allison from the Odyssey sales team for taking care of me this weekend. Uh, what an unbelievable time. Arrowhead was rocking. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And we're, uh, we're rolling to Arizona next week. Okay, so what's your plan? Before we talk about what happened in the two games as our NFL insider what is your plan? I feel like it is a rare case that everyone's going to be sitting in Arizona with the Super Bowl up the block. Are there a group of players planning on getting to the game? I have no idea. Uh, I've talked to a few guys about it. Uh, phones are phones are in use trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, I'm working on it myself. 
um, everybody's just trying to figure out. It's the it's the biggest ticket in town, and we're trying to find a way to get some. I've thought about a good idea. I think Grinky should just pop for everybody. <laughs> I think Grinky just Grinky's made the Welcome most money back. on the team. I think Grinky should just buy for everyone. Welcome back, Zach. Here is your <laughs> price of admission. Uh, yeah, no, I doubt that will be happening. Uh, but hey, you, you never know. It's a crazy world that we live in. <laughs> Maybe just feeling generous. It's getting towards yeah, the end of his right. career. He's just like, you know what? I want to do this for all these guys. Yep. I don't know if I'd be I'd be somebody he'd purchase a ticket for, but, hey, you never know. Uh, I'm sure he has a pitching staff to take care of. Um, he's got to do what he's got to do, you know? Yeah. Now, uh, Vinny, you also, before even you went to, to Arrowhead on, on Sunday, you had it quite the weekend. You were down in San Antonio. I think it was at the Alamo Dome. You were there for Royal Rumble. So you just had a, you just had a fantastic weekend. How was that? It was unbelievable. Shout out to the WWE uh, for making that happen. There's a few other people behind the scenes that I, I thanked a bunch privately that I won't do publicly, but it was unbelievable. It was a first-class treatment, car service, that kind of a little bit of the backstage. It was just, wow. it was unbelievable. Um, it was, uh, it was definitely a, it was a really special weekend. And you know, I'm just a very, very lucky man. Vinny, what did you think of of Arrowhead for the first time? I think it's one of those places. It's got NFL lore to it, right? People say it's loud. People talk about those things from the outside, but actually being in the building for the first time, what did you make of it? Yeah, so you're right about that. It's like a it's like a myth. Like the Arrowhead is just one big giant myth. I think um, just of how loud it is. I mean, it's the loudest stadium in the league, and so I don't think there's any way to actually prepare for that. I. I really don't know how opposing quarterbacks get play calls off. I really don't understand how they do it. I understand that they train it, but like, I don't understand how, especially in the shotgun, they're able to communicate at all. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, definitely a really special game. And it was, uh, the, you know, the fans are hilarious. Uh, there was one guy in the section that I was in on, there was one drive where the chiefs went three and out and they threw the ball three times. Uh, it was in the first half. And one guy near me was calling for Andy Reid's job. Uh, he <laughs> called him a few explicits, called him large, and, uh, you know, said that he should be fired because of that. And I would probably make the case that he should not be fired. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, you know, being at it, being in the stands is just uh, is really cool. We've made you pay more attention to Chiefs football this year. What, what's been the most impressive thing about following the team this year and them getting to the Super Bowl? I think just how impressive they are. Um, just, I, I mean, they're just so good. They're so good, and being led by 15 and 87 is just really special to have. And coming from somebody who is working on being a Chiefs fan and follows another team, that's really special. And you guys are uh, you guys are in a really good spot. I think it's really funny. I'm not sure in a good or bad way that I've seen a bunch on Twitter of like people who cover either the Chiefs or the game of football or talk in Kansas City taking a victory lap around the city of of Cincinnati. Pretty much, <laughs> I know there was a lot going on. Uh, it's just really funny seeing like the, just the victory lap everybody's taking. Um, and I, you know, we're all happy that, that the chiefs came out with the win. Yeah. I was curious how you saw that because we, we know the chiefs for the most part leading up to the game kind of just kept their mouth shut while Cincinnati and their mayor and their players were, were opening their mouth and, and obviously very confident to a point of being arrogant, I would say heading in. And then after the game, we obviously know the chief players, we're well aware of everything that was said. And then Kelsey and just go down the list of players were, were quick to, to point out everything that was said as an athlete. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, like, how do you block that out? But deep down, you still know everything that's being said. Yeah. I think typically the way that I do it is I try not to talk about other people. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm sure in my life, I've had a few moments where, you know, confidence or cockiness gets the best of me. And I mention other people, but I think, for me at least, and I'm not going to speak for anybody else. The, the best way I try to do it is just be confident in my own game and, and then go play the game. Uh, you never want to put yourself in a position where your back's almost up against the wall because of something that you said. Uh, that's kind of the worst place to be in because at the end of the day, you have to go perform. And if you don't perform well enough, it doesn't even really matter how well you individually perform. If your team wins or loses, that's all that matters. So, um, you know, that's why certain players get away with being able to talk sometimes. Um, and you know, I'm just happy for the chiefs. And I mean, Travis Kelsey's line was, I mean, the, the funniest video was when Mahomes was, uh, giving his interview and he was, you know, giving the Lord his praise. And then Kelsey right. just <laughs> runs in there and he's tackling it. I mean, that's just a really funny representation of just kind of sports in general. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was a really cool, really cool game. And it, I'm just so fortunate to have been there.
Speaking to our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. Vinny, so there was a lot of talk about the refereeing in the game against Cincinnati. Carl Sheffers is the referee of the Super Bowl who has a long history with Kansas City. What are your current feelings as our NFL insider of the state of refereeing in the NFL? I don't care. Uh, I, I, know that, I know that sounds really bad, and, like, it's been a lot of talk, and I texted you about it yesterday to see if I could get a reaction, and I think I did a little bit. Um, uh, so all that talk was going on about the referees from the game, which, by the way, I didn't – because I was at the game and I don't know, like, all that much about football – other than just being a fan, I had no idea that really any of that was going on. Like I wasn't keeping track of who was getting penalties and who would, wasn't. So I didn't know that that was happening, but I did know that you guys were already talking about the Super Bowl referees last week. So I texted Cody yesterday. I said, with all this talk about referees going on, I see everybody in Kansas city is upset with the, with the talk. How do you feel that you guys have been talking about the Super Bowl referees? And I got a laundry list back of, of ways that he is, he has messed up the Chiefs before. So, you know, I don't care. I, I really st- don't care. I stand by that. Carl Sheffers is wrong, does. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. It's like uh, all the baseball guys that I used to have issue with, they're all slowly leaving baseball. So I can't even, like, text you about those guys anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, that's the tough part is I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, officials don't need to be better or anything because everybody needs to be at the top of their game, especially at the highest level of the sport. It is really hard. We all are aware of that, but you know what you're getting like nobody's begging people to be referees. Um, That's kind of the way I look at it. It's like, you need to be a professional. You need to do the best you human, like, you know, the best you possibly can. Sometimes you don't have it that night. You know, it just seems as if, especially in football, there's so many different ways of, you know, I mean, I hear it all the time. I don't know for a fact, but they hold on every play. So what makes you call it sometimes? What makes you not call it sometimes? And, like, we're all in agreement that the last play, that was a roughing or an unnecessary roughness, whatever they whatever they call it. Like, the guy knew it. And I think everybody kind of felt for the guy. But at the end of the day, he, he made a mistake. And, you know, that happens in sport. Um, so I just hope, you know, I hope the Super Bowl goes off without a hitch when it comes to officials and, you know, it's just two really good football teams battling it out. Yeah, Vin, th- this is Carl Jeffers. This is the, the moment that, that has really prompted everybody to, to hate him. There's no foul in the play for blocking the back. Timeout. He was crying, yeah. Vinny. He was crying while <laughs> announcing that there was no penalty. Hey, man, the referees are, are people too, you know. They just, they're just trying to do their job and, you know, sometimes the fans just get on you too much and you just need to have a good cry. Um, you know, hopefully in the Super Bowl, <laughs> I mean, you've got Philly fans and Kansas City fans. I don't think his job's going to be any, any very easy with those two fan bases. And you know, I'm just excited for Carl to get back up on the horse and see what he's got during the Super Bowl. Vinny, when's the last time you cried? I mean, you're talking about Shepard's like, do you have a good cry every once in a while? Cry every day. Uh, you know, try to laugh, cry, and what's the other thing? Um, Live? Live. Yeah, you know, I just try to show my emotions in any way possible at any given time. So, like, God, when was the last time I cried? That's a really good question. <laughs> Maybe, oh, you know what? Not to, you know, not to sound like it, but I think the day that I got engaged, I cried. That might be the last There you day. go. I, you oh, know, play go. this back for, play this back for your fiance <laughs> later. That's a very good yeah, answer. Which, by the way, by the way, she is still feeling Arrowhead as we speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you were at the game at Arrowhead on, on uh, Sunday, and you're, maybe there was a sickness going on through Arrowhead, but she's still feeling it right now. You know, she's in a better spot. Uh, you know, things are working. Things are working. All right, Vinny. We'll, we'll check in next week. We'll talk more about the game. Hopefully, we'll see you out in Arizona. And uh, glad you guys enjoyed Arrowhead. Yeah, why don't we just do go ahead and do a live show uh, at Radio Row in Arizona, and then we'll just we'll make our first live show happen where I'm in person with you guys. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll get Vinny out to Radio Row in Glendale. That's the plan. Yeah. All right, sounds good, guys. I'll see you next week. There you go. Vinny Pasquantino, our NFL insider, joins us every Tuesday, and uh, sounds like he's going to join us in Arizona next week at some point as well from Radio Row. Yeah, we'll have to do this in person. Nick, you guys can – you guys – it's good that Nick and Vinny sorted out their issues weeks ago, so now it won't be awkward at all when you guys see each other. Yeah, I mean, well, Vinny, I took the high road, I think, and Vinny appreciated <laughs> that. Road. What? Yeah. Why? He took the high road. No, yeah. I mean, we both took roads. We both took roads, one of them <laughs> higher than the other, but that's not really what this is about. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm ready to mend fences. 
I, oh, I think you already did. And I think he needs to. I think oh. he needs to put it behind him because he's got a big <laughs> season coming up. You don't want this grudge <laughs> hanging over your head when you're starting your first full season in the majors. You know, wow. also, you gotta be focused. I, I think Vinny, the text line's right. Vinny should be let off the hook a little bit for the Red Kingdom stuff. Tech Nine song is That's called Red Kingdom. Yeah, it's welcome. Is that a to copyright thing? Red. Probably, but who cares? He says it. Tech Nine is classic. Can can we like that song? Yeah, I have no problem with it at all. Uh, at the Chiefs game, it's perfect. Cody, come on. Game. Hey, Cody, let okay, it fly, so man. In a sporting event setting, as Gold had said, sure. You don't want to hear it in the not, club? I would not <laughs> listen to it under any other circumstance. I'm with you on to that. To me, it's yeah. like Quad City DJs. Not really trying to listen to it on the car ride. Well, I don't know about that. In a game setting, let's do it. I think I would listen to yeah, Quad City DJs at Arrowhead wherever. at a tailgate at Arrowhead. That yeah, stuff, is per- yeah, yeah. but yes, right. I, I don't think in the car. It doesn't hit the rotation very often. Now look, for me. if you're driving to Arrowhead and okay, you want to get yeah. pumped up, I think you're good. But like, if you're just randomly on a Tuesday afternoon, now this week I'll be honest. This week, if you want to play it over and over, you're heading to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you can, I think you're good. Again, I think it's a circumstantial song. It's not that, but it's like just about the Chiefs. It feels like I can't just listen to that anytime, right? Yeah, like in July, it would be weird. Yeah. 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 Do they, play it, the do they play it in the stadium? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. Every time I go to a game, I don't, for, for whatever reason, I don't, <laughs> don't remember that much Is afterwards. <laughs> huh. Huh. I think you Vinny's, remember the parking lot, though, right? Might be yeah, and then all simulation. of a sudden things get hazy the second I get into the stadium. Hmm. I don't know what's hmm. going on there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to ask Vinny Vinny what his girlfriend's experience is, or his fiance's experience is with that. All right, let's get to Nick's Notable Notes. Nick's Notable Notes. All right, guys, we just touched on something there with Vinny Pasquantino. And to pull the curtain back a little bit. Please do. Show you how the sausage is made. You may have noticed if you listened to our show yesterday, we didn't spend really any time talking about what seemingly the uh, the other 99.9% of the football world was discussing, which was the officiating. You know why? Because that's what the losers get to talk about. <laughs> they get to talk about the officials and there being a problem, right? I heard that a lot. There, there is a serious There's officiating a problem. problem in the NFL, and the NFL needs to do something about it. We didn't touch on that at all because it's not fun when your team just clinched a Super Bowl spot to talk mm-hmm. about officials. So mm-hmm. I want to just open up a dialogue here. And feel free to shut it down if okay. you want. Should we or could we or can we, may we commit to, no matter what happens, in you know eleven uh, days in Glendale, we we vow not to make this uh, an officiating blame game show after the game, because it was really annoying listening to the rest of the football world talking about it yesterday. I don't want to be that person to someone else. I don't want to be the show that does the loser mentality of blaming the officials. We've talked a lot about Carl Sheffers this year. Can yeah, we I mean, put it all it, to bed? If, if it's the same scenario, because remember, the, the officiating and why it's ridiculous that since he's complaining about it is because they lost in every other area. You didn't have more sacks. You didn't have more turnovers. You didn't have more yards. And you're, you're like, man, third the down. refs took it away. They had they had multiple opportunities. The Chiefs punted in the football with two-something to go in the game. Like, they had their chance. So if that same type of thing happens, no. Now, if the Chiefs outplay Philadelphia in every category, and there's one call that truly does cost the game, well, then damn right we're going to talk about it. But if the Chiefs get dominated in multiple areas, then they will have nobody to blame but themselves. That's what Cincinnati shouldn't be be talking about. Why do you think the rest of the NFL world kind of latched onto that as well? Just an an easy talking point or what? Well, in the NFL refereeing, it does have a problem with officiating. It's not good. It's consistently bad. But this game was no different. It wasn't an outlier. It's, It's how it is. It's like the world you live in. It's like accepting it. Like if you're in a zombie apocalypse, you're like, why are there all these zombies here? Like you live in the apocalypse. This is your life. You can't wish for it to be a different time period. The NFL officiating is bad. It is part of the sport. You don't like if you tried to play it out of the course of an entire season, you'd be uh, playing a very different game. I also think because it is Carl Cheffers and, and we <laughs> there's, a, there's, particular there's some history. Now. It's not just a random ref. Like there, we already know there's definitely there are some numbers that even show that the Chiefs are more penalized than any other team when he's officiating. Jeffers also penalizes teams more than any he other does. ref in the NFL, so we could assume a few flags are probably going to hit. Yeah, it's it's just funny being on the other side of it because when we're in the middle of it and Sheffers is calling that roughing the passer penalty against the Raiders, which we all know was egregious and never should have happened and could have ended up swinging the game. Thankfully, it didn't. The rest of the NFL world is like, oh, really? Chiefs fans? It's, oh, you guys have it so tough. 
oh, what are you guys in first place again? You're going to go to the AFC Championship game again? And we're like, no, listen, hey, look at the game. Look at what happened. But then the second it happens to another team, I'm like, get a load of these losers complaining (laughs) about the referees. I I also think just in general, like – people don't want to take responsibility. Like it's always somebody else's fault for anything. This is a society like that, thing. Gold is saying, oh, this is, yeah. he's making a bigger I, societal I, point. I, he's getting right. deep. Give him I the floor. Do, I do think that that also contributes to it a little bit. That let me, let me like lower the music. Nobody's willing to take some responsibility for certain things that they may also have had a role in. Instead, it's somebody else's fault. You know what this is? Gold, uh, Cody, this is the soft launch of gold's, uh, political career <laughs> he just starts to put what out some feelers about that no yeah, it's nothing. not there's nothing political but then people that's listen it's a soft launch yeah that's why it's a soft launch people are listening and they say you know what this guy makes some sense too many participation we more people, trophies we need more people like this in office representing us <laughs> oh, every day man. uh guys some quick housekeeping here uh as the super bowl is set this is the time of the year where uh, Pro Bowl alternates must be selected. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, this is when you I'm really... I'm not familiar with these Pro Bowl games. I don't really... I'm not familiar with them. No, if you were a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you wouldn't be because uh, oftentimes they are not eligible to compete in the Pro Bowl because they're too busy going to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Well, Josh Allen is eligible for the Super Bowl or for the Pro Bowl, but he's not going to be participating. I think he's playing in a golf tournament. So uh, in, in his stead, he will be replaced by... A guy who had a hell of a season. I think we could all agree with that. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley. <laughs> Excuse me? Who uh, appeared What's in... What's he, like QB 25? He appeared in six games this year. He uh, amassed a grand total of, let me count real quick, uh, four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Uh, for the Baltimore it, Ravens. It, it's actually season. very fitting because the Pro Bowl sucks and even the Pro Bowl games, like we all know it's a joke now. So go ahead add it and, and put guys that only played six games in the, the season. Go ahead and put them in Pro Bowls now. Sure, this why is, not? You know, I know I know people say that they haven't watched the Pro Bowl in years, myself included, but this is the moment that the Pro Bowl died. The, fe- the second Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Huntley. This is the moment. I know, I know, I know, Gold. It's been, it's been hanging on. so long. No, it's been hanging on by a thread, but the, the second they put Tyler Huntley in the Pro Bowl, and God bless his soul, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just you know, not worthy of the Pro Bowl. Dude, I, w- I think the part of the conversation that is concerning is how many people they called before they got to Tyler Huntley. Like, Kenny Pickett turned them down. Okay? No, I don't think he did. I think Kenny Pickett got passed over. Wait, oh, God, that's so much. Did Derek Carr turn them down? I think if he would have, I think if, I mean, how many how many declines are we away from Russell Wilson playing in the Pro Bowl? Objectively, the believe- worst quarterback in the NFL. I can't believe uh, they didn't go to him before t- Tyler Huntley. <laughs> Text line is correct. 913-586-7610. He now has more Pro Bowls than Eli Apple as well. Tyler Huntley does. This <laughs> is wow. True. This is true. That is incredible stuff right there. Like, I'm trying to think of any other AFC. Like, are you sure Zach Wilson wasn't available? He started, or Mike White. They might have started I, more games than Tyler Huntley. Wait, we need to take care of this right now. Okay. During the Pro Bowl, the three of us are going to be together. This is the first Pro Bowl oh. we'll, we'll have well, ever. Not sp- at the Pro Bowl, but just going to be. While the Pro Bowl is airing, <laughs> we will be the three the of us area. will be together. This is the first Pro Bowl we've ever spent together yeah, as a I'm, show. So big moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're making plans to, to make sure we're all in front of a TV to watch the okay, Pro Bowl Okay, I games. didn't know because you are you are no, the guy the who Bowl. watches every sporting event. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. Okay. Well, it's this a is different big. kind of Pro Bowl. Yeah. I like, was ready, dude. I was ready to come at you full throttle no, no. and tell you that we're not watching the no. Pro Bowl. So this is great no, news. No, we already have. So we already. I went talked to her, but we already have. Someone's already wants to have dinner with us uh, Sunday night already. We had other plans. Me too. We I haven't plans. heard about this. Yeah. Wait, well, that's he made said, dinner plans for no, us. No, I said we have to talk during the break. We oh, have, we oh, have. To, we have other oh. things going on. We got an invite. We have other things going on. Ooh, Hell like yeah. Also, if anything interesting happens in the Pro Bowl games, it'll show we'll up on be Twitter. okay. Also, what social Cody, media will tell me what to care the about. The only thing cool that could happen in the Pro Bowl is like, I don't know, somebody's head falls off. Oh, wow. Well, there's no there's no Chiefs playing it, so who gives it? Honestly, who cares about the Pro Bowl games? Oh, Tyler Huntley threw three touchdowns in whatever little crossover game they're playing. Actually, that might be the most interesting thing that could happen in the like, Pro Bowl is Tyler Huntley look like the best I hope player. he dominates. Yeah, just Man, it turns out it. Tyler Huntley's a great dodgeball player. Breaking news. <laughs> like These are the type of games they're playing during it. I know that would seem like an easy bar to cross, but I will never forget Alex Smith throwing a dodgeball so poorly <laughs> that it got him mocked yeah. for an entire offseason in Kansas true. City. Like, so, I mean, you got to be careful. Tyler Huntley, you know, there might be an interested team out there. Maybe <laughs> think about moving on from Lamar Jackson. Maybe you see his dodgeball skills and change. You know, you know what? We're not going to pay Lamar. Tyler Huntley's our guy. He's so good at dodgeball. God, really at least, dodgeball. At least the Pro Bowl's in Vegas. I still think Hawaii obviously would have been. Just, that was the one thing you could have still given them. Give him Hawaii still. 
Give. I feel like when you took that away, that's when people even stopped going even <laughs> less. Before, when you were like, well, we'll send you to Hawaii, you're like, fine, I'll come. But now you're like, Orlando. You're like, well, Orlando, especially for guys, Florida? Dudes, no, are on, dudes who are on rookie contracts or yeah, the family gets a vet trip minimum, to Hawaii. you get free vacation to Hawaii, it's a big deal. No, I think last year's in Orlando, dude. You're now, not. Now you're taking the kids to the MGM Grand. It's not quite the same. <laughs> you think that's where they're putting them up? You think they get put I, no, up the MGM Grand? I mean, you don't think they can't they can't bump them up a little bit? You would know better than I. No, would. I'm just I'm just. I mean, do we think that's where they're putting them? There's nothing wrong with the MGM Grand, but there's some nicer places. Where would you, if you were organizing oh, the Pro oh, yeah. Bowl, where would you have everybody stay? And uh, well, I think the Cosmos a great option. The Aria. Uh huh. Those would, be, those would be my first two picks. Oh, you, well, you know what? Kid friendly. Like, go to take them to New York, New York. That's the they're spot. definitely not putting everybody up in New York, New York. <laughs> I stayed there. Excalibur. I stayed there once when I was a kid. When I was like thirteen. Why were you? In I don't know. Because it, it was spring break, and my birthday was always over spring break. And I think like my sister was off with, on a trip, and so my parents wanted to like do something with me. They took me to Vegas. <laughs> Again, God bless my parents. They were just trying to like, they thought I would like it, which I did. Like I loved, when I was a kid, I loved like roller coasters and skyscrapers and just like big buildings and stuff. So they took me to Vegas and I was like, there's nothing to do here. Those are Nick's. That was actually, I've never been to a strip club. That was the first time Nick had gone when he was 13. Like mine, I'm waiting for my first trip. Nick, when he was 13 in Vegas. Are you saying that my parents took me to a strip club when I was 13? Not the same thing at all. And that's actually disrespectful. And we need to talk during the break. (laughs) Now we're talking about two things in the break? Yeah, no, the the dinner thing takes a back seat. We've got a lot to talk about during the break. When we come back, we'll get back into still the biggest reason why the Chiefs are actually in this position. Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, GAN Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.